Good afternoon, good morning and good evening from wherever you are listening from. My name is Jamie Robinson and welcome to Three Blokes and the Rugby League Podcast presents Topic of the Week. Um, we've decided to kind of create a new mini podcast type thing, discussion topics, five to ten minutes, just briefly chatting about anything. This was sparked because of a conversation we had on Twitter with the Recovery Boys, Chris and Ian, on squad numbers. Um, you know, Super League... I've been doing squad numbers for, for as long as I can remember now, lads, if I'm honest. I'm joined by J.D. Moscodard and Jay Ryder, by the way. Um, I, I'll pass it to you two first before I say anything. But, Jay, what, what's your thoughts on squad numbers? Do you think that there should be a thing? Do you think that there shouldn't? And what, what's your thoughts on them overall? I think commercially, yeah, it makes sense. Because, um, obviously, it's uh, printing players on shirts. You know, quite a lot of people still do that. Um, I don't have one for it personally, but... A lot of people do, and I know clubs make a lot of money off it, um, being able to, to to sell players on jerseys like that. But I personally think it's better to fight for your jersey each week. I like how the NRL do it. Um, no one owns a number. You fight for that number. I mean, for example, James Tedesco, he's number one at Sydney Roosters. Everyone knows that, but he's made that his own. No one's put his name on a jersey at the start of the season and gone, there you go. Now show us what you can do. He's shown him what you can do, and that's why he gets that number every week. I think that's how it should be, personally. Yeah, and I agree. I mean, to be fair, truthfully, I don't, I don't mind to get the names on the jersey. I, I know, I know. I think it was Caelan Ponger in pre-season was saying that they should start getting names on jerseys. But I think Jed allocating them a specific squad number just, I think it's the probably the traditionalist in me, if I'm honest, more than anything else. But I, I totally agree with Jane that they should probably be fighting for the squad number as opposed to actually being given the squad number at the start of the season and then saying off you go. Yeah, I, I do agree. I, I, I'm so, I don't want to be that guy, but I'm sort of on the fence about it. I see the positives and the negatives in both sides. Um, you could make an argument that fighting for your jersey is also fighting to get the squad number at the start of the season. If you are having an excellent season going and then you're rewarded the following season, if, you, if it's in a highly contentious position, such as your fullbacks, your hookers, your halves, and you're given the starting jersey... Not only is that a reward for the, all the hard work that you've done the season before, but it's also instilling a responsibility in you to live up to that reputation throughout the rest of the season. Um, it's not a case of that if you have that fullback, or say, for example, we'll take the fullback shirt, the number one shirt, for example, say you're given that shirt with your name at the start of the season. It's not to say that you can't be dropped. And I feel like if you are given a squad number and you are the fullback and then you are dropped, that's showing not only to yourself, but other people that you are no longer living up to the standards that were set by yourself previously. Um, I don't know if, what you'd think about that sort of uh, view on it, Jamie. I, I kind of get it to an extent, but I still think it's the case of, you know, you get told, you know, you, you grow up and you want to be in the starting 13. They call it a starting 13 for a reason because you're wearing the shirts 1 to 13. And obviously, as the game has grown, it's now a starting 17, really. You've got your four players on the bench who, who play much more of a part as, as what they previously did, where they, they might not even get a game sometimes. I think I think purely based off my experiences in the past, I, I wanted to do everything I could to get, you know, whether it's a second row jersey, a loose forward jersey, for the big games, for any any game that I was playing, I wanted to get that shirt. It, it, it wouldn't have meant as much to me um, being given kind of a, a 30 shirt, but saying that you're going to be playing second row sometimes in the season. I want to fight for that shirt week upon week. I think rugby league is a form game. And I think being given a, you know, number nine shirt at the start of the season, 
take take Jake Granville for example. A couple of years ago, he was the number nine, and throughout a season, he, he his form, you know, faded really. It wasn't any good at all. Reese Robson comes in. Imagine being told, you know, you are going to be our number nine, but you can't wear the number nine jersey until next year. I just think it's a bit. I, I think I just think it's a bit daft, and I, and I, I I kind of understand the aspect of it's player branding, it's it's growing the game. Um, but it doesn't sit right with me. I don't know if you're the same, Jay. Are you more of a traditionalist in looking at it from that perspective? Or I know you, you've worked in, in the journalistic journalistic side before. Are, are, you, are you looking at it from a branding perspective sometimes? I think if you're a club, you are. And I think that's why clubs will always object to it. Um, they like having players who are pinned to a position and a number so that they can write it on the back of something. Like, for example, Greg Inglis coming over. Um, Warrington have been able to sell loads of Greg English jerseys that they wouldn't have been able to do if they didn't have squad numbers. So I think that that is a factor, definitely. Um, but I I agree with you overall. Um, as a player, um, even at amateur level, you get given that that starting jumper, and um, it means something to you because it's a starting jumper. It's an actual jersey that um, it's it's a one to thirteen jersey, like you mentioned. Um, and you're not just getting any old number and going out there and playing. Um, playing the game really it's just yeah that's that's my take on it anyway I think using that example Jed Warrington selling the Greg English because of the name English or because of the number he's wearing it's, it's obviously because of because of the name of Greg English it's not the fact that they're buying it because I don't know Jay what number is Greg English at Warrington I, I'm not too sure 24 I think or, or, or maybe, 24 did you say maybe 34 24 I think okay but obviously, it's not nothing special about that particular number. Um, it's obviously the name credit that is selling the shirts. But then to throw that back, without having a without having the number, you, you're not going to sell the shirts because they want to get English on the back. Are they going to steal that if it's oh we think English is going to play three, four, or one, so we'll buy that shirt and then put the name on it? I don't. It's, it's, it's a tough one. I completely understand where you two are coming from in terms of the traditionalist, and I agree in principle that obviously you should fight for your shirt every week. I feel weirdly that, but in terms of Australian Rugby League, they don't need the names on the back of their shirt because the sport is so big. You know who James Tedesco is. You know, obviously going back, you know who Jonathan Furster is. You know who Cameron Smith is. You know who Clint Gufferson is, just by how they look. The sport in this country obviously is not to that level. So I think having the, the players' names on the back of the shirt is able to bring their identity into rugby league and into the obviously the journalistic side of it and sport as a whole. If we were to grow as a sport and that was no longer the issue, that players are recognisable because we are. Because that's, that's something, obviously, and this is a topic for another day, something that rugby league is missing is that we don't have any personalities that are able to sell the sport anymore where there's hundreds of them in, in Australia. So I think that part of it comes into it as well, obviously. The fact that it is a number and the player, it helps sell the game rather than just being um, a number. And, and obviously they fight for every week because we're not at the level where we don't have to have that, I, I believe. Uh, yeah. English is just, sorry, can I just jump in there? English is free. Sorry, it's over King's Four. Cheers, Jim. Super. Uh, once again, it's not that I make games. And I probably, they're going to put the names on the jerseys. That's absolutely fine. I just think, you know, you look at Wigan, for example, this weekend, they've got a number six on the wing, they've got a number so-and-so at fullback, they've got this and that. I think, alternative, if you're trying to teach young people the positions in rugby, 
rugby league is unlike any other sport in that, you know, you take football, like a number 11 shirt used to be known as kind of a left midfield. You could, you could see that straight away. But now there's either left midfield, you've got a left winger, you've got a left inside forward, you've got a left back, all in that kind of same shape on the side. In rugby league, you're always going to have a fullback. You're always going to have two second rows. You're always going to have a loose forward. They are determined by their squad numbers. And if you've got a young kid coming in and you're saying, well, that's a winger, well, for that team, the winger's wearing number two, but for this team, he's wearing number six. And the team I watched last weekend is wearing number, you know, number 34. Like, I don't understand it. These these don't really mesh with me as much. I don't know about you, Jay, but that, that would really annoy me. And I think rugby league works really well by putting the numbers specific to the positions. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the thing, really, isn't it? I think of, like, if someone said I'm playing six, you know what position that is. Even if someone said, you don't hear it as much, but if someone said I'm playing three or four, you'd still know. Right, well, they're in the centres this week, and um, it gives it that identity about the positions. You're right. Uh, whereas you'd kind of have it in football, like with your traditional number ten or whatever. But um, in football, the only real jersey that's true to its position um, week in week out seems to be goalkeeper. Um, and in rugby, I, I quite like to bring that back in where you want to thirteen your best thirteen players in each position. The, the, the debate we had with the recovery boys, Jed, on Twitter, their example was Michael Jordan. Before you even say anything, you know Michael Jordan's number off the top of your head. But my my counter-argument was the fact that you know Michael Jordan's number because he's Michael Jordan. You know, he's, he's, right. he is the best basketball player of all time. He is, he is bigger than the game. He's bigger than the Chicago Bulls. He's bigger than his teammates, which begs the question... The rugby league need players that are bigger than their clubs or the game. Is it about player marketing or is it about game marketing? I think it's a bit of both. I think rugby league definitely need players who can market themselves and market the game. You think of in every sport, there is players like that. You look at Ronaldo, his brand is CR7 because of the number and that's now his brand that he's recognisable as. But yeah, I think that play, we, we, as I touched on earlier, we need more personalities that are able to sell the game, something that we drastically don't have in this country. Um, obviously, whether that is link, linked to squad numbers or not, whether to get that brand out is a, is, a, is a slightly different topic. But yeah, I completely agree with that, Jamie, that we need players who are able to sell themselves and sell the games and become... I, I don't like the frame the phrase bigger than the club because no one should be ever the bigger than the club. But obviously, it's evident that Michael Jordan, obviously, everybody, even if you don't know anything about basketball, you know who Michael Jordan is. Do we need elements of that in rugby league? Yes, I definitely feel like we have to. I feel like there's opportunities being missed to market certain players who are very marketable, who, who, who would have the ability to have far white and reach a wider audience. And uh, yeah, to, to sum up, yeah, I totally, I totally agree with you there, Jamie. What do you think, Jay? Um, yeah, I think like with people like Michael Jordan, uh, Tiger Woods, Muhammad Ali, those kind of big names that have come through the rank, uh, come through and like basically own their sport, like you associate them to that sport. If someone said their name or if someone mentioned that sport more to the point, you'd be like, all oh, right, well, that's the sport Muhammad Ali fought in or um, that's what Tiger Woods did, for example. Obviously, you're pinning it to a number um, on this occasion. But I can't see rugby league ever having that, really, like having someone who can come through and almost get like some kind of cult following behind him where they just advertise the sport for you. Um, Lewis Hamilton has it in F1 we've seen Hamilton every week um, you're just not going to get that in the league I don't think it's, it's very unlikely anyway unless you have a different opinion I, th I think personally it's to do with the way that rugby league is reported and 
journalised and, and everything in this country. You look at rugby players in Australia, they're marketed every single... We obviously, we've all been to Australia. You don't have to rugby league. Every single person in Australia knows who Jonathan Thurston is. Yeah. Even if they don't watch rugby league, they know who he is. They know his laugh. Other players are on Dancing with the Stars, which for, for those who aren't aware, I probably presume you will know, is their equivalent of Strictly Come Dancing. That's how big rugby league players are in Australia. The fact that we don't have any of that not only diminishes rugby league, it, it, it makes that it, it is incapable of being able to we, reach that wider audience because of the lack of figures like that. And I think, yeah, man, adverts over there, don't you? All the time, rugby league players. Yeah. Yeah, at the minute Cameron Munster's in a big advert over there with, um, I think it's home insurance or something random, and, and Ben Hunt's on their version of Just Eat, and you get, you know, like once again, we've all been to Australia, you'll go on the subway sometimes and you'll see like Jonathan Thurston on like a subway carriage or like, um, you know, just, just big Cameron Smith was, was huge in Melbourne when we were there, Billy Slater, it's just... I think it's something that we're lacking. And, and growing up, I vaguely remember players like Martin Afire being big. But when you watch shows, it's something that Barry McDermott spoke to us about when he was on the podcast. Even now, when you get question of sport, when you get people on the one show, when you've got people on, on sporting shows, they still bring up Martin Afire. They still bring up Ellery Hanley. Don't get me wrong. We should never, ever forget the legends of our game. But this, they retired in the 90s. Like, it's been 20 years. And like... I don't know if it, if it's the incoming of social media now, what's missing. I think we're going far away from the squad numbers topic, by the way, but I think it still links in in the fact that squad numbers don't determine um, a player and their brand. I think it's more down to the game. Me personally, I'll just sum it up now. I'm, I'm, I think it's a bit of a link between being a traditionalist and there's a bigger problem to it. I don't think we should bring in squad numbers purely for the branding because then you're making the game about the specific player when it should be a player within a team. T Tiger Woods, Roger Federer, you know, Andy Murray, you know, these players are individual players in sports. Our, our sport is a squad game. And rightly so, Caelan Ponger, James Tedesco, big players within the sport who should be blown up. But to, to, to kind of push them above everything else, I, I don't think it didn't really sit right with me. What, what's your final thoughts on this, Jay? Well, yeah, that, that kind of ties in nicely to what I was saying about how you're not going to really get that following and that, that uprising of one individual player that kind of drags the soul sport with them into like a new, um, almost like popularity because of um, because of just what they've achieved in the sport. Um, and you're right, you shouldn't really take away the element of it's a team game, you're a player within a team. If you stand out, perfect, but someone else is capable of standing out the week after. What's your final thoughts on that, Jed? Um, in terms of squad numbers as a whole, um, they don't need them in Australia because the sports and the players market themselves. We need them in this country. I wish that we didn't and that it was the same as Australia, but unfortunately we need them in this country for such things as marketability, selling shirts and, and the finances of the sport. But there's, there's a to and fro. But I wish that we didn't have to have that. But unfortunately, I believe that we do. But it's not necessary in Australia, in my opinion. One final question. Um, obviously, for us, us three growing up in England, we've always known Super League to have squad numbers. I think I, I can't remember when, but I'd probably guess maybe the past 15 years there have been squad numbers in Super League. Based off what you've said, Jed, can you give me one example of a player who has stood out because of the squad number? Um, just thinking off the top of me, I had Sean Long seven. I always think of Sean Long as number seven. Yeah, but that's, the, that's his traditional number. What about... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, no, no, very, very, very valid point. I probably can't off the top of my head. No, you, you are right there. I can't think of anyone who the number 
links to the the, the player in that way. I just think it's just it's a case that we've, we've been doing it for a long time and it's not really changed anything. Um, the boys over at Recovery gave the example of Jackson Hastings and 31, but to me, to be fair, I wouldn't have even known that, if I'm honest. Um, nothing against Hastings, nothing against Wigan. Um, but I just think it's not like a Michael Jordan 23. Michael Jordan is known for 23 because he's one of the best, most famous stars in the world. Um, yeah, I think there's more of a deep-rooted problem Um but I'm glad, I'm glad we've all shared some sort of different opinions and that's exactly what we want from Topic of the Week. Thank you, everybody, for listening to Topic of the Week, our first edition based around squad numbers. Um, send us what you think on Instagram, on Facebook, private message, on Twitter. You know, we're always open for debate. We're, we're like, this is exactly why we brought, even had a podcast to begin with. We all love a chat. We all love a debate. Um, and we're open to, to even the, the higher-ups in rugby league even chatting to us and, and telling us why they're doing it as well. And come and prove us wrong or prove us right, we don't mind. Thank you very much, Jed, for joining me on the first edition. And thank you very much, very much, lads. Take care and I'll see you both down the road.